week seven of our series called Boogeyman. And uh, if I could go back and rename the series, I would name it Boogeyman and Monsters Under the Bed. Just because I think that's kind of cool. But the point is, <laughs> the, the point is, or maybe I'll write a book called uh, Killing Boogeyman and Monsters Under the Bed. Um, Chuck Norris style. Okay. A 10-step process on how to eliminate the monsters under your bed. Just kidding. Uh, but the, the reason that it's named that, and we've talked about this a lot, is that sometimes when our anxiety flares up, it feels like it's just painting this boogeyman or this monster under the bed kind of scenario, and we're just sick of it. We're sick of being scared. We're sick of being anxious. We're sick of worrying. And we just want to kill the boogeyman, right? And, uh, and so that's, that's our goal for this series. We're in week seven. Uh, I think there's going to be 11 weeks. Um, so we've got four left after this. Um, so just about a month. And uh, hopefully that makes you a little bit sad because that means the series has been good. Uh, but we got four weeks left. Um, and then we'll figure out something awesome to talk about on the next one. And it's going to be really great. I'm really excited. Uh, has, raise your hand if you've enjoyed this series so far. Okay. Awesome. Raise, keep your hand raised if this is your favorite Echo Youth series of all time. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure. Just, you know, just check in. No pressure or anything <laughs> for the next one. Oh, wow. I'm going <laughs> to... Actually, we're just going to, we're no longer going to meet. We're no longer going to have Echo Youth after this last, in the four weeks, we're just going to kill it, end on top. We're going to retire early. Uh, go, you know, I'm just kidding. No, we'll keep going. And it'll be good because I'll pray about it and God will give us something else to talk about. But this week, we're talking about being grateful. Everybody say grateful. I want to be grateful. I don't want to be anxious. I want to be grateful. Being grateful can combat anxiety. Being grateful can combat busyness, can combat hurry, can combat a stressed out life. And so if I could stop for a second and be grateful, I want to. Amen? Max Lucado said in his book that we're basing this off of, Christ-based contentment turns turns us into strong people. Christ-based contentment, meaning I'm okay, I'm good, because I know who Christ is. That turns us into strong people. Who's ever gone to the river before? Anybody gone down to the river? You're like, what river? I don't know, just a river, you know. When I lived in Visalia, we had, like, actual rivers, three rivers, but then we also had, like, rivers that were just, like, uh, like irrigation <laughs> things uh, in the farmland and then, like, water runoff. Uh, you guys ever seen, like, the wash, you know, the water runoff, like the one down by Doho? Uh, that would get, like, filled up, and then we'd swim in it. It's disgusting. But um, that's what you do when you're a redneck. So um, so you guys been down, to, you guys gone to a river or a lake? Anybody gone to a river or a lake? Okay, so you're standing on one side, and you can see the other side. And if you're me, when we go on our family camping trip every year, no matter where we're at, I always have to swim to the other side. Don't know why. This last couple of years has been pretty easy. It's not that far. But previous years, it was, like, kind of hard, but I was like, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm swimming across. And uh, there was one, the first year we went to Shaver Lake, I decided I was going to swim from this rock that we kayaked out to back to shore, and it took me, like, an hour and a half to swim all the way back. It was dope. Uh, (laughs) But for whatever reason, when we look from one end of the river 
to the other side, we, we sometimes have this urge to get to the other side. Even if you don't actually do it, you always have an urge to, I wonder what's on the other side of the river. And in our lives, we have, Max Lucado talks about in his book, we have this thing called the if-only river. Everybody, says, everybody say, if only. If only I was as pretty as her. If only I was as good-looking as him. If only I was as good at football as Patrick Mahomes. If only I was as good a singer as John Legend. If only I was a good, as good a person as this person. If only, if only, if only. If only I could get her to go on one date with me. If only I was smarter than I am. So we stand at the banks of this if only river, anxious to get to the, only si- the other side. If only I could be them. And we're not content being right where we're at. And so we find this kind of sense of hurry and angst and stress because we're not on the other side of our if only. Anybody ever been there? Oh, well, I do this, but if only I could do that, my life would be a little bit better. She doesn't like me, but if only if only I could learn how to play guitar, she might like me. Whatever it is, I don't know. But you want to cross that river, and you end up being worried that you never will. This leads to hurry and, and busyness and angst. I got to cross. I got to get to those. I got to do. I got to. I gotta, right? I got to get that career. I got to get into that college for those of you that are at the end of high school here. If I, if I don't, if I don't do, do good on my SATs, I'm not going to get in the college. If only. I've been. So when I read this, it talked about hurry and busyness. And so there's this book that I've been hearing about called um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. So I bought it two days ago. I bought it yesterday. And, uh, and so I, I've been trying to read it so that I could talk a little bit about hurry. <laughs> and there's this part in it that was really good. Uh, John Mark Comer talks about his mentor, or one of his mentors, John Ortberg, and John Orberg had a mentor named Dallas Willard. So John says to Dallas, he says, what do I do to be more me? What do I do to be more like myself? Remember we were talking about this at the, at the retreat? How do I become who I'm supposed to be? Anybody ever remember, remember that when we were talking about it? Who, how do I become me? And the answer, Dallas Willard's answer was, you must Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So then John says, okay, what else? And then Dallas Willard says, there is nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. And it seems like simple, like, okay, if I stop hurrying... Maybe I'll stop being anxious, but, it, but it's true. Have you ever had a good interaction with someone who was hurrying? 
No. You're always like, oh, well, maybe that wasn't their best day. <laughs> right? And have you ever made a good decision while you were hurrying? No. It's always, it's always a bad decision. It's always a rash decision. It's always something that you regret later because you made it out of reaction instead of a response. And so to become more ourselves, we have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. We have to stop being caught in the rat race trying to do everything everybody else is trying to do. You look at your friend. In comparison starts this whole thing. You look at your friend, oh, wow, they're, they're, uh, uh, they, got, they got into that school already? Um, okay, okay, so, and then you get in this whole thing. Ah, I want to be a professional soccer player, right? And then your friend's going to, like, a camp every other weekend. And you're like, Mom, I got to get into camp. And you go, hurry, hurry, hurry. You're freaking out. Oh, my God, no. Doing all this crazy stuff, right? There's this uh, author that wrote this book on burnout. Anybody ever heard of the concept of burnout? When you do too much and you burn yourself out. I'm going to butcher his name, but bear with me. It's Byung-Chul Han. And he says about people who are always in a hurry. He says they're too alive to die, but they're too dead to actually live. They're too alive to die, but they're too dead to actually live. And we wonder why we're anxious. It's because we're always on the cusp of living. We're always at the banks of the if-only river. And we never have the energy or the life in us to actually live. Paul believes, Paul from the New Testament, you know, the guy we've been talking about. Paul believes that the good life begins not when circumstances change, but when our attitude towards them does. So, so the, the, the anxiety starts to fall off our lives not when, when life starts to get good. Not when life starts to stop throwing us so many L's. Life starts to get good when we change our perspective on what happens to us. Philippians 4, 6-7, if we could throw that up. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. We talked about prayer last week. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And leave that up while I talk for the next couple minutes. Not online. If you're online, take it off. <laughs> but right, I underline this for a, for a reason. Do not be anxious about anything but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That's what we're talking about today. Gratefulness with thanksgiving. Do this with thanksgiving. And that's not just like a nice little thing they threw in there. It's not like, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about it. And like, have a good attitude. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Paul was purposeful about this. With thanksgiving. When Jesus prays the Lord's Prayer, what's the first thing he says? Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. He starts off with a posture of thanksgiving. God, you're so good. Why? Because then it will change perspective on how we live our life after that. But we should always find a way to a thank you when we're talking to God. So many times we pray prayers that are like, Jesus, could you please... 
And then after that, could you please? And then after that, can you maybe, um, you know, and then after that, could you? Okay, sick. Thanks. Later. Amen. We never make our way to a thank you. Right? God, th- man, just thank you. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that in the midst of life sucking right now, like you're still good. <laughs> and you give me peace. And God, thank you that I know I had an anxiety attack yesterday, but thank you that afterwards I felt your peace and your love and your hope. Thank you for a youth group that I get to cut. Right, you know what I mean? Like you find your way to a thank you. That gratitude can change our perspective and actually sustain us. There have been a, there have been a ton of scientific studies recently on gratitude. And over time, not, not just recently, but there have been a lot of studies, scientific studies on, on uh, gratitude. So today we're going to, um, should I? Yeah, we're going to follow the science today, okay? So uh, um, that was stupid. Uh, so one of the results found, though, is that... Grateful people tend to be more empathetic and forgiving of others. People who decide to be grateful in their lives find themselves understanding people's struggles more. Right? And being forgiving of others. So, let me give an example. I made the joke about following the science, but for me... At the beginning of this pandemic, there's all sorts of sides. Everybody's crazy, and we're all losing our minds, and everyone has an opinion that's wrong, and all this whatever. And I found myself, with everybody I disagreed with for a while, I'm like, God, oh, they're so stupid. I cannot believe you are that dumb. <laughs> I had someone in a group text with a, friend, with a bunch of friends. We were talking about politics, first mistake. And then they said, I can't believe you guys are this dumb, and then just leaves. I was like... They've never came back to the group text. It's like, what? But over time, I realized that my outlook on life, because I looked at life like I'm locked in my house, this is stupid, the, world, uh, the world's coming to an end, everything is, uh, it's just, uh, right? I wasn't grateful for anything, and so then I wasn't empathetic, and I wasn't forgiving of anybody, and everybody was stupid, and everybody wasn't as good as me. And then when I, when, I, when I shut everything off and I said, I'm done with following all this stupid crap, right? Sorry, I said the C word. But, um, and I got out of my house and started walking around the fresh air and took my dog for walks. And I, and I hung out with Danielle, right? And then we, and, and we, we just spent time together and I stopped just binging Netflix. And I decided to go outside and I started to be grateful for things. God, thank you for my, my life. God, thank you for my family. I started hanging out with friends again. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know what? I started realizing the people weren't as dumb as I thought they were. Because I, I started to realize they had a perspective that was just different than mine. And at the other end of their perspective is always a heart. So why do they think what they think? And when I could figure that out, I could be more forgiving and more understanding and more whatever. And then life wasn't as crazy as it was. And I was not as anxious as I was. And I got out of this deep depression that I was in in the middle of 2020. Because I started to be grateful. Grateful people, in this study, they also found grateful people demonstrate less envy, materialism, and self-centeredness. Gratitude improves self-esteem 
enhances relationships, quality of sleep, and longevity. And this is all according to an article on Oxford University Press. Max Lucado says, gratitude in pill form would be a miracle cure. <laughs> if you could give someone a gratitude pill, it's like a chill pill, but a gratitude pill. If you could give someone a gratitude pill, it would actually heal things in their body. It would heal restlessness. It would heal these things. And, and, and for those of you, if you're wondering, man, do I need to be more grateful? If you're thinking to yourself, that's stupid, Brett. I don't need to be more grateful for things. Life sucks right now. Then you're the one who needs to be more grateful right now, right? And it'll work, I promise, right? Or even if you notice, like, oh, well, you know, I try my best, but li- I'm just tired. Life it seems to be always in a rush, and I'm always anxious, and I'm always... Then here's my prescription. Gratitude. Just try it. And it's really silly, but, like, you walk outside. The world is... Sky is falling, and it's falling disproportionately on me, but I look down and I'm like, wow, I kind of like my shoes today and my outfit. Thanks, God. Thanks for giving me the money to buy this shirt off the Echo store and have me already put stuff on it. But <laughs> Right? But it, it's silly. I, uh, well, no wonder Paul describes this, uh, prescribes this to us. It's because it's, it's kind of like this miracle pill, but I have... There's been these times where I've found myself in kind of these deep, dark holes of, ugh. anybody ever been there? We're just like, I'm going to bury my own hole, and I'm going to get in it and cover the top, and I don't want to see anybody ever again. <laughs> Everything sucks. The world sucks. Just kill me now. Dramatic, but we've been there. We've been there where it's like, why is their life so good? You're on Instagram. Oh, great for you. You know, you're like, having a great life. Awesome. Oh, you got an A on your math test? I've been failing for three years. You know. Right? You're in this, like, deep, dark, like, everything sucks. It's a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. It was on a Wednesday, and I was just, like, sitting in the house, and I was like, ugh. I didn't have anything to point at. I didn't have anything to, for a reason. But I was just down. I was just, like, so, like, depressed this morning. I just sat there. And Danielle's, like, trying to talk to me. And I'm, like, <laughs> you know. And she's, like, okay. Walks away. And I'm, like, ugh, you know. It's probably lack of sleep or something. He's Vince was crying and all that. It's not his fault because he's cute. But so I was sitting there just, like, so down. And I got this thought. It was really weird. But I got this thought. And, uh. I was like, I'm going to start being grateful. So then I started, like, doing dishes or something for Danielle, and I was like, hey, I love you. I appreciate you. And I was like, ooh, I feel a little bit better, <laughs> you know. And then I sent this text into, like, a, a group text with my friends in it, and it was just this super sappy, really dumb text, emotional about how much I love them, all this kind of stuff. And I sent this thing, and it was really silly. But I sent it, and I, and I just said it, and I lined everybody in the text, and I said, I said, this is what I appreciate about you. This is what I appreciate about you. This is what I appreciate about you, and you're awesome, and I appreciate you guys, and I love you, and thanks for being in my life. And I went this whole thing, and I was like, wow, they probably think I'm an idiot. But, I, but also, I felt, felt good. Afterwards, I was like, wait, my day doesn't suck anymore. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, life is pretty good. And so it's like you think it doesn't work until it does, right? Philippians 4, 11 through 13, if we could throw that up here. Now that I'm, not that I'm speaking of being in need, 
For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content, says Paul writing, in prison, by the way. I know how to be brought low, (laughs) for sure. He got shipwrecked, I think six times, bitten by a snake, beaten to death multiple times, almost to death, I guess, but pretty close. (laughs) He's currently in prison. At least they gave him a pen and a paper, you know. Um, Could be worse. Not really. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's kind of funny. We all quote that. I I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But the, the, the verse is actually so much more powerful when you give it context. He's sitting in prison. I've had highs and I've had lows. And I've found the secret to it all. That I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. As he's sitting bound in a musty cell. Writing probably like this. Because they just gave him enough slack to write a paper. Hey, could I write a letter? It's like your one phone call when you go to jail. Can I get a phone call? It's going to take like three and a half days to write this though. So here's the question, does your happiness depend on stuff or affirmation or success? Does your happiness depend on if you got good grades or not? Does your happiness depend on if people think you look good today? Does your happiness depend on if you got more than 50 likes on your Instagram post? Does your happiness depend on if your crush texts you back? Does your happiness depend on him or on you. We will never be happy if we seek happiness in temporary things. You have to change the list to look at no longer earthly things, but heavenly things. So I find my happiness in Jesus. I find my happiness in heaven, I find my happiness in the things that God are doing in my life. God is doing in my life. I, I find happiness in Christ. Because Christ is enough. Amen. Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Once again, Paul in prison. <laughs> Here's the thing. If our joy is in Christ, we will be content. Why? If my joy is in Christ, I'll be content because no one can take my Jesus, so no one can take my joy. But if my joy is in my car, someone can definitely take my car, (laughs) so then someone can definitely take my joy. But if my joy is in Jesus, nobody can take Jesus from me, so nobody can take my joy. Amen? What we have in Jesus is more than anything we can get here on earth. Have any of you ever been on a boat before? And you're like, oh, here it comes, Brett. Got to be anchored in the Lord. You're right. This is what I'm going to talk about. But I grew up, my, we, we had a boat. It was a little, I don't know how many feet long it was, maybe 14 foot, little four winds 
uh, speedboat was pretty sick. Um, half the time the engine didn't start, but we made it work. And uh, but if you were trying to stop somewhere, you'd have to anchor, and uh, and then you you'd stop and you could swim around the boat and all that kind of stuff. But if you guys have ever been a boat, you ever tried to like pull up your boat up to a beach? You ever tried to do that? When you pull your boat up to the beach, usually you try to. Th- you get your anchor out or a rope or something, you try and tie it around a rock far away or bury it in the sand like this way. Have you ever noticed that it doesn't work as good this way? I just thought about this today, and it's actually really sick. <laughs> the anchor works really not that good if it's out like this, if it's from the boat to the shore, because your boat starts going like this and this back and forth unless you're buried in, buried in, the, in the sand. So the anchor doesn't really work. This way, but if you're out in the middle and you throw the anchor this way, it works really good. And it's tight and the boat doesn't sway too much. It just stays right here. But if you try and anchor this way, you're like, okay, get to the point, Brett. Um, If I try to anchor to my friends, if I try to anchor to my family, if I try to anchor to my stuff instead of anchoring this way, it doesn't work as good. The anchor works 100 times better vertically than it does horizontally. So I don't need to anchor to those around me. I don't need a friend. Oh, man, I really need you to pick me up. I really need you to just pump me up when I get to school. I really need you to just put, put your hope in Jesus. Anchor in Jesus. The Bible says that hope is the anchor of our soul. That there's always something more that Jesus has in store for me. That there's always something better than today. That even if today sucked, I've got hope in Jesus that I have a future. He has a plan for me and things are going to be good in the future. Amen? Like God has something in store for me. Our hope is in Jesus because our gratitude acknowledges his provision. When we're grateful, we acknowledge who Jesus is. And band, would you guys come back up? I actually want to, I think I want to sing again. The, I think we want to do that last song. I think it'd be good. Here, I'll set the mood real quick. Whoa, check that out. Sometimes I do, sometimes we play music, sometimes we don't, sometimes, whatever, but. Here's what I want to say. is that life can always be better than it seems. Life can always be more than you make it out to be. And if we just learn how to be grateful, if we learn how to look towards Jesus and even the hardest situations, like everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be good. And so if you're struggling with anxiety, if you've you've been struggling for a long time, I'm officially, I should have got little like prescription doctor's notes, but I'm officially today prescribing you gratitude. Just try it. We've talked about trusting God. We've talked about all these different things, but just be grateful for what God is doing. You're like, Brett, I don't have anything to be grateful about. I promise you do. You really, really do. Just when you find those things, you'll find freedom. Amen? I don't know if some of you have had a rough go at it. And I know life has been really tough. But there's still some things in there that you could be grateful for. Amen?